Well, happy Friday, and oh, do you hear that outside? Yeah, your neighbors are still shooting off their fireworks, aren't they? Because the 4th of July was just this past week. We are still in the patriotic spirit here at the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Yes, Adam, it is true. We are still very much in the patriotic spirit. Of course, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we are patriotic um, by nature. However, today is still another special podcast. We hit a little bit of patriotic fun last week with our Freeform Friday episode. Very fun stuff. So go back and listen to it if you haven't already. Um, And there's a really fun video that you're not going to want to miss. I'll just put that teaser in there for anyone who was lax and missed last week's episode. Uh, But today we're going to talk a little bit about the signers of of the Declaration of Independence. And I think there was a total of like 53 signers. And if we were to uh, detail each of them, you would turn off this podcast uh, before we got done. So we're just going to hit on four of them. And in particular, we're going to talk about um, how Christianity influenced the way that they did things in politics and what they thought about Jesus in gen- in specific as they went forward in uh, pursuing this new nation. But first of all, um, let's uh, hear the quote of the day from Adam. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And that is from the Declaration of Independence. And that is the checks and balances upon which our our country is based. The fact of the matter is that we, the people, are the ones who are uh, charged with making the decisions. Uh, We had the privilege um, this past November to elect a new president. And I know it's a very polarizing issue. Um, I won't dwell on it. But we the point is we have the power to choose someone. And if you didn't go to the polls, you don't have much to say about the result. So I'd encourage you to become educated. And after you become educated on the issues that matter to you, then become a voter. Because that's how you make a difference in your country. All right. Well, just looking at that um, preamble... You know, I I see this line about holding these truths to be self-evident, and and it bothers me how little of truth today is self-evident. So before we dig into um, the meat of our show, and we're going to talk about specific founders, Adam, can you um, give us some thoughts about how that uh, that kind of one of the introductory paragraphs that we just read? From the Declaration of Independence, how does it make you feel, and how do you feel we're doing at what that that paragraph says? It gets me excited, and it fills me with hope, that paragraph that we read for our quote of the day. Um, as how we're doing, you know, I, I think what's happening in our country is we're, we're doing all that, but I don't think it's for the right directions, of happiness or the right directions of life and liberty. I feel like our priorities have shifted compared to what was the top priorities back in the day when America started. I think one of the things that, that that's prominent as far as that goes is is that it, you, we, we used to 
as a general rule, there's always been selfishness, okay? Don't get me wrong. Selfishness is as old as time. But there's always been a general consensus in the United States of America that we are putting together this country so that we and our posterity may have success. And we are thinking about other people in the way we do things. That's why we, we want people to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. Because we're thinking about what other people want. And now it's all about what we want mm -hmm. at whatever cost it is. Whether it's the cost of an unborn baby, whether it's the cost of disobeying God when he lays down specific guidelines for marriage, um, whatever, whatever it might be, you know, whether it's in, in injecting myself or, or ingesting a substance that impacts my ability to take care of those I'm supposed to take care of, whatever it is, our personal liberty um, can't come at the expense of others. And I think that that is something that we need to remember. All right, well, we are going to just take a few moments then to talk to you about a couple different um, people who signed the Declaration of Independence. And toward the end of that declaration, which we, we shared with you in its entirety, I believe one or two years ago, um, so you can find that in the archives of our podcast. But um, these signers, I believe in the end of that document, they say we pledge our life, our fortune, and our sacred honor um, to, to see these things come to pass. So it wasn't a light thing to sign this declaration. They were literally putting their lives on the line. So the first one I want to mention is John Adams. And he said this. He said, I have examined all religions, and the result is that the Bible is the best book in the world. Mm. And so for him, the Bible as a foundational document um, for running the country was important. I haven't seen extreme evidence of his personal faith in Jesus Christ, but for him to have the Bible as a, as a bedrock, that was a good thing. And just a few facts about him. He was born in Braintree, Massachusetts. He went to Harvard. Um, he was admitted to the Massachusetts Bar in 1761. Um, he apprenticed to a Mr. Putnam of Worcester. And uh, he was provided access to the Attorney General of Massachusetts. Um, and he uh, was a public... Uh, figure um, who was against the Stamp Act, and um, he uh, was to rep represent the colony of Massachusetts in the First Continental Congress, um, and he nominated George Washington to be Commander-in-Chief of the Colonial Armies, um, and he was engaged as men, in as many as 90 committees and chaired 25 during the Second Continental Oof. Congress. Busy guy. That's a lot of work to do. Um, and I believe each Continental Congress was a year long, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Someone can write to us and let us know <laughs> if that is accurate, but I think so. And so that's a lot of work to do in that one year. Um, and then, of course, later... He um, served as our second president. I, and uh, so, but it's just so exciting 
to know that someone who is that well-known uh, came to regard the Bible as such an important document. Adam, who's next? We've got Josiah Bartlett on the list here. He was born in uh, Amesbury, Massachusetts on November 21st, 1729. So just missed having him on the podcast. Uh, fun fact, <laughs> my dad's birthday is actually November 21st as well. So just throwing that out there. Uh, he studied the science of medicine and uh, practiced as a physician at Kingston in New Hampshire. He then became involved in politics and was elected a member of the colonial uh, legislature. He was noted as a principled legislator and uh, not susceptible to pressure from the royal governors they had back in the day before 1776. And um, he actually served a few years later as a commander of a militia regiment in 1775. And in that year, he was also elected to represent New Hampshire in the Continental Congress. And he voted for independence. And actually, Josiah Bartlett had quite an honor as he got to be the first one to sign the declaration right after John Hancock. How cool is that? And then he continued to serve in 1777 and participated in the ratification of the Articles of Confederation. He died May, t- uh, May 19th of 1795. And I'll leave you with Josiah Bartlett and a quote that he had said himself that's pretty awesome. He says, Confess before God their aggravated transgressions and to implore his pardon and forgiveness through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ. That the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ may be made known to all nations, pure and undefiled religion, universally prevail, and the earth be filled with the glory of the Lord. And that is something that he encouraged his fellow um, his fellow uh, Continental Congress members and fellow Americans to do, is to confess their sins before the Lord and ask his forgiveness and perpetuate the gospel of Christ. I, I only put that in there to clarify that the statement was part of a statement where it says that he directly spoke this to the Continental Congress. So I just wanted to clarify that point. And again, it's just really exciting to see that he had that stand. And now we move to Samuel Adams. And Samuel Adams, uh, although he has the same last name as John Adams, they weren't brothers, they were cousins. But they were often referred to as the Adams Brothers. Um, And uh, Samuel Adams was born in Boston. He was the son of a merchant and brewer. He was an excellent politician, an unsuccessful brewer, and a poor businessman. Um, His early public office was as a tax collector. um, And... In 1765, he was elected to the Massachusetts Assembly, where he was a leading, uh, let me see, let me see, um, where am I? In 1765, he was elected to the Massachusetts Assembly, where he served as a clerk for many years. It was there that he was the first to propose the Continental Congress. So, the Continental Congress kind of started with him and uh, he retired from Congress in 1781 and returned to Massachusetts Um, well actually let me see Uh, in 1774 he was chosen to be an advocate of independence from Britain in 1776 as a delegate to the Continental Congress 
He signed the Declaration of Independence, and then he retired in 1781 and returned to Massachusetts uh, to become a leading member of the state's convention to form a constitution. And in 1789, he was appointed lieutenant governor of the state. In 1794, he was, he was elected governor, and he was reelected annually until 1797, when he retired for health reasons, and he died on October 2nd, 1803, in his hometown of Boston. And Samuel Adams said this, I conceive that we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly, humbly supplicating the ruler, the supreme ruler of the world, that the confusions that are and have been among the nations may be overruled by the promoting and speedily bringing in the holy and happy period when the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established and people willingly bow to the scepter of him who is the Prince of Peace. And that was Samuel Adams. And I know I kind of stumbled through that, uh, but we will have all of the source documents that we are using to reference for this episode um, posted on the blog um, so that you can read them for yourself. But I hope that this encourages you. And I believe Adam has one more to share with us. Charles Carroll is his name, born September 19th of 1737 to a wealthy Roman Catholic family in Annapolis, Maryland. He began his remarkable formal education at the age of eight, and he actually was shipped off to France to attend a Jesuit college at St. Omar. Uh, he graduated from there, and by the time he hit the age of 28, he returned to his home into the radical climate produced by the Stamp Act and uh, walked a highly refined gentleman with all the education experience that might be expected of uh, you know, a missionary of the finest courts in Europe. Uh, you know, Charles Carroll is actually said to have identified with the radical cause at once, and he proceeded to work in the circles of American patriots. So it's kind of an interesting how he had that start. And then in 1772, he anonymously engaged the secretary of the colony of Maryland in a series of newspaper articles protesting the right of the British government to tax the colonies without uh, representation. Carroll was actually an early advocate for armed resistance with the object of separation from Great Britain. However, his native colony was less certain in this matter and did not even send a representative to the First Continental Congress. Uh, he served on the First Community of Safety at Annapolis in 1775, and also in, uh, uh, in Congress, he visited the Continental Congress in 1776 and then was enlisted in a diplomatic mission to Canada. So he kind of was all over the place, and then finally here in 1776, shortly after his return, the Maryland Convention decided to join in the support for the revolution, and Carroll was elected to represent Maryland on the 4th of July. And though he was too late to vote for the de declaration, he was able to sign it. He continued to basically serve in Congress and in the uh, new, new America until uh, about 1800 when he retired. What's interesting about Charles Carroll, he was the last surviving member of those who signed the declaration. So he actually lived to 1832, well after the declaration was signed, at the age of 95. Wow, that, and that, that's pretty significant. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's, you know, that's only 30 years away from the Civil War. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of amazing that he lived that long, especially since I'm sure the life expectancy was uh, quite a bit less. 
Oh, but yeah. Man. And you had a quote from him that... Yeah, Charles Carroll, he said, On the mercy of my Redeemer, I rely for salvation and on his merits, not in the works I have done in obedience to his precepts. Pretty awesome stuff, huh? Definitely. So again, obedience is important, but that wasn't what um, Mr. Carroll was relying on uh, to to bring him... Charles Carroll was relying on to bring him salvation. Salvation for him was purchased by Jesus Christ, and the works that he did were out of gratitude. And I just wanted to share with you a little bit about each of these founding fathers, um, and uh, I hope that it encourages your heart. Uh, you know, a lot of times people debate whether these founding fathers were just Christians or whether they just had a Christian background or what. And I'm not naive enough to believe that they all were Christians, but these quotes that we've shared with you have been pretty good evidence that um, they knew the real Jesus and that it impacted the way that they governed. And so I just thought that was really neat. Uh, one of the things I'm I'm looking at um, bolstering in the future of the podcast is to do more historical stuff. So we'll see uh, how that rolls out. If anybody has any suggestions, I would definitely be open to hearing from you um, as we seek to bring that in and and kind of include that as part of our goal to continue to bring you uh, key stuff on the Christian worldview. And so I hope that you've enjoyed the show. Adam, do you have any thoughts about um, this episode as we wrap up? You know, I would encourage, uh, even even myself, I'm kind of saying this too, but I encourage you to continue to dig into the history of this country. Like myself, I have you know, it's some knowledge about it, but once you dig in more and more, you're like, oh, this is a lot more than just some facts. We're like, oh, that was cool 200 years ago. It's like, oh, wow, this is really how America came to be. So I, I think it's cool. to It's it's like familyancestry.com or something, you know. It's cool to see how the country you were maybe born in and, and been raised in and now live in, how it came to be and to have that knowledge. That, that's good. All right. And, and they say that those – who learn from who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, and I think we do a lot of repeating the bad things of history. And if we can learn from from the examples of those who've gone before us, we can avoid that. And so I just encourage you to dig more deeply. That's one thing I've always said about the Speaking for Him podcast. My goal is not to teach you everything. My goal is to wet your whistle, uh, to encourage you to learn for yourself. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to be here to teach you how to think. What I want you to, to what I want to be here is to give you some tools with which to learn both the scriptures and relevant history so that you can then um, continue to learn for yourself and become a better uh, Christian primarily and also a better American and a better patriot. So that that those are goals that I've had since day one of the podcast and so i appreciate those who've listened and continued to give feedback i hope that you will continue to listen we have some exciting things coming up as always and uh, i hope you've enjoyed these last two episodes particularly as we've tried to focus a little bit on the birth of our country i hope that you have a wonderful day and a great weekend and that you will keep serving the best of masters 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.